words on water. Welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Loop. Uh, glad for this episode to be joined by a former colleague of mine from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, Jamie Pizzali. She is now the municipal ombudsman. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm all right, Travis. Good. Uh, good to have a familiar voice in my ear today. Yeah. <laughs> we'll dig into your position in a moment, but... Uh, First, could you start out talking about what is integrated planning and why it's important to EPA? So as the nation faces population growth, aging infrastructure, limited resources, and increasingly complex water quality issues, EPA uh, really realized that we needed new approaches to addressing Clean Water Act requirements to help communities who are already addressing tough concerns like combined sewer overflows, increased stormwater or advanced treatment needs. And we realized that focusing on each Clean Water Act requirement individually may actually constrain a municipality from addressing its most serious water quality issues first. So in 2012, EPA released its integrated planning framework, which we very creatively named Integrated Municipal Stormwater and Wastewater Planning Approach Framework. But today we'll just call it Integrated Planning. And when EPA talks about integrated planning, and we're really referring to the process laid out in that framework. And so our framework is aimed at helping municipalities optimize their infrastructure investments while considering affordability factors through the appropriate prioritization of their upgrades and improvements. So the framework lays out a voluntary process that really helps identify efficiencies from what are typically separate municipal wastewater and stormwater programs to better integrate them and better prioritize capital investments. An integrated planning approach can lead to more sustainable and comprehensive solutions, such as green infrastructure, that can improve water quality while managing stormwater as a resource and provide multiple benefits that really can help enhance a community all at the same time. And then in January, 2019, the Water Infrastructure Improvement Act, which we'll affectionately call WIA, was signed into law. And this actually amended the Clean Water Act to acknowledge that integrated planning and green infrastructure are important tools that can provide real flexibility for communities. And it actually defined both of these terms in the Clean Water Act. So now by having integrated planning directly in the act, WIA really provides communities with greater certainty that integrated planning can provide them with a comprehensive path that a municipality can voluntarily take to meet their Clean Water Act requirements. Thank you for that overview. Uh, some people out there are familiar with integrated planning, some are less familiar with it, so it's great to hear a little bit more about it. Um, I'm very curious about your role, and I, I know that the Water Infrastructure Improvement Act established your position in the office of the administrator uh, to help facilitate the use of integrated planning and green infrastructure. So could you talk about what the role is uh, of the municipal ombudsman? I think it's important to talk a little bit about what exactly an ombudsman is first, because it's not a term most people use in their everyday life. Sure. An ombudsman, I mean, well, I didn't. <laughs> an ombudsman provides like an alternate informal way to resolve issues 
And actually many organizations, both public and private, have an ombudsman. And the municipal ombudsman established by WIA is an impartial neutral resource to assist municipalities in navigating EPA's Clean Water Act programs like broadly. So the major role of the municipal ombudsman will be to coordinate with EPA offices to assist communities with our many resources and connect them with offices who can provide technical assistance on things like integrated planning and green infrastructure. The ombudsman also being the office administrator can help ensure that agency policies are implemented consistently by all parts of EPA, including all 10 of our regional offices. So, and more specifically, we had tasked the ombudsman with providing information on things like the availability of federal financial assistance, flexibilities available under the Clean Water Act, and the opportunity to develop an integrated plan. So finally, I'm also tasked with setting up a web presence to share information on resources for all the items I just mentioned. In addition to sharing copies of permits and orders that incorporate integrated plans. So I want to point out that the term municipality actually has broad meaning here under the Clean Water Act, as it covers groups generally like cities, towns, boroughs, counties, parishes, tribes, associations, and other public bodies that have jurisdiction over disposal of sewage and industrial waste. So those are all the groups that will be the real focus of the ombudsman. But it's also important to mention that communities should continue to utilize their existing local, state, and EPA program contacts first. I'm certainly happy to talk to any community that reaches out, but the municipal ombudsman will be most helpful to communities that are moving towards integrated planning or other Clean Water Act strategies that really will benefit from the involvement of multiple offices across EPA. And so generally, the municipal ombudsman will help by first reviewing all sides of an issue that a municipality might bring to me and then I will speak with the community and stakeholders involved, such as any EPA officials. And then um, I might help with things like facilitate discussions or act as a convener, brainstorm and evaluate options, uh, share relevant EPA contacts, or gather information on best practices from EPA programs, or maybe offer an impartial perspective and provide recommendations. And finally, maybe it's just as simple as acting as a sounding board. Mm. Ombudsman in my time in state government and federal government, I and you know I haven't really been around a an ombudsman position. Is this unique within EPA, or or was this set up because it's something used at other agencies? Or yeah, I'm curious about that. Yeah, so the municipal ombudsman is unique, and it's focused on municipalities and the Clean Water Act. But there are actually a few other ombudsmen already at EPA. The agency has an asbestos and small business ombudsman, Paula Hogue, and she's tasked with providing support and guidance to the public and small business community on regulatory compliance and enforcement questions related to both, uh, as you might imagine, asbestos and small business. And there are actually also multiple ombudsmen in our Office of Pesticide Programs that focus on pesticide registration concerns, who, as you might imagine, are really busy right now on disinfecting questions. And I also now have the privilege of being a part of the Coalition of Federal Ombudsmen, which is a really cool group that uh, collaborates across federal agencies to share best practices, advice, and, 
and guidance on professional ombudsman standards, which I promise is a real thing. <laughs> and there, <laughs> there are actually more than 150 ombudsmen across the federal government, at least. Wow. And many more, I'm sure, in state and local and private practice, yeah. Ah, oh, I had no idea. Very interesting. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned that we, we worked together when I was at EPA, and so I'm, I'm familiar with your background a little bit, but could you talk about the experience that you bring to this position that kind of makes you a, a good fit? So I'm coming to this role from EPA's Office of Water, where I was leading our green infrastructure program, which also had the unique distinction of being added to the Clean Water Act through the Water Infrastructure Improvement Act, just like integrated planning did. I bring more than 14 years of experience at EPA, mostly in industrial municipal wastewater permitting through the National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System Permitting Program, or MPDS or NIPDES, depending on where you are in the country, as many folks know it. And in leading our green infrastructure program, I had the opportunity to really forge strong relationships with municipal leaders, trade groups, state governments, private sector, nonprofit organizations, and other federal agencies all while working on green infrastructure and integrated planning approaches for reducing water pollution while achieving community goals. And so really the great thing about um, coming from green infrastructure and integrated planning is that you get to work with so many different program areas at the agency. So I got to work um, with groups like our air office on the intersection of air quality and water quality. So maybe a city could also see air quality improvements when installing green infrastructure to reduce stormwater pollution and get multiple benefits. And how might someone even calculate that? I worked with our Office of Research and Development to spread the word on their new research and help scope future projects. And I've worked with our Brownfields program to discuss how green infrastructure is often funded through some of their grant programs. And I've got to coordinate regularly with our Office of Enforcement and Compliance Assurance and Water Infrastructure and Resiliency Finance Center, and many, many other groups at EPA that work on issues that are directly related to municipalities. So I'm really excited that I'll now be able to put these networks to, to use, really, for communities as EPA's first municipal ombudsman. You mentioned a little bit of the history of integrated planning and how it's kind of been churning and, and uh, for a while. I'm really curious about the scope of municipalities that that have or are pursuing integrated plans? How has, how has it uh, taken root, if you will? So EPA happens to be working on a report to Congress <laughs> due by January, 2021. And so we've developed a first draft list of communities with integrated plans. And we found examples of over 80 communities that are looking at stormwater and wastewater comprehensively. And out of those communities, there are almost 30 that have completed a plan. And 12 of them have already incorporated that plan in a permit or enforcement action. And one of the helpful resources that we utilize to help gather these plans is WEF's very own integrated planning committee. So <laughs> I certainly want to thank you all again for that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you happen to be listening to this and you're thinking, I have a plan and I want to make sure that folks know about it, then please send it to me. We certainly want to be able to provide as many examples of integrated plans as we can so that other communities will have um, them to look to. Mm. Additionally, um, our Office of Water is actually starting to look for municipalities who have completed an integrated plan and want to work with their states and, 
and us maybe to figure out how best to translate relevant elements of their plan into a future MPDS permit. That will provide good examples to help states work more seamlessly with communities on integrated planning, because it's certainly new for some folks. You know, you mentioned it's new for some folks. What do you think is the level of awareness among municipalities that they can, you know, request an integrated plan as part of a, a NIPTES permit or an enforcement order, including even existing orders? What, what do you think the level of awareness is out there? Yeah, we've been thinking a lot about that because this is an important part of the outreach that was spelled out in WIA. So EPA has been on a bit of an integrated planning informational blitz, I've been calling it. And uh, EPA has attended many meetings with intergovernmental associations to help get the word out with groups such as the U.S. Conference of Mayors and the National League of Cities and National Association of Counties and the Association of Clean Water Administrators. Uh, just to name a few, and certainly groups like WEF. And last year, we also released two memos from our Office of Water and Office of Enforcement and Compliance Assurance, respectively. Both the Acting Water Permits Director, Division Director, Sally Gutierrez, and Mark Pollins, our Director of our Water Enforcement Division, addressed their regional counterparts across the country to ensure the word was getting out to municipalities that they indeed have this opportunity to pursue integrated planning. And we also revamped our integrated planning website to incorporate the new WIA provisions. And I like to think we also maybe made it a little easier to use. Hmm. <laughs> and um, earlier this year, Robin DeYoung, our integrated planning office of water guru, posted a webcast, uh, the straight, straight scoop on integrated planning that also featured the city of Richmond, Virginia, Department of Public Utilities, and the state of Kansas, Department of Health and Environment. And that recording is actually now available for anyone who wants to view it on our new and improved website. So we also um, use the precious main banner space of our popular green infrastructure website to direct visitors to learn more about integrated planning, really providing the connection there. And certainly, I'm hoping this conversation with you today will also be a great asset to continue to get the word out on integrated planning broadly to all those municipalities who might be interested. I, I think you've touched on this a little bit, but uh, I want to ask kind of directly. So if, you, if a municipality is, is struggling to get support at the state level for integrated plan, what, what do you recommend they do? I can't recommend enough that municipalities work with their state folks early and often to get buy-in as they go. A municipality should ask early on about any concerns from their state agencies so they can plan to address them during their planning process. A very important step to integrated planning is opening and maintaining channels of communication with all relevant community stakeholders, which likely should include the state. And by inviting state representatives to your public outreach meetings, it could be a great idea to get folks on board we have some technical assistance examples on our website where we worked with the city of Burlington, Vermont, and with Onondaga County, New York on public outreach that could really be helpful to someone in this situation. So there are a lot of benefits to developing an integrated plan for both the municipality and the state. Some municipalities have found that they can get gluten load reduction sooner than anticipated after going through an integrated planning process, which should certainly appeal to state permitting authority. And then after pursuing 
local and state avenues, it might make sense to also reach out to their regional EPA counterparts if they aren't already a part of the process and bring them on board. And certainly, of course, as a municipal ombudsman, I'd also be happy to discuss any concerns they might have about making sure they're making the right connections and perhaps brainstorm some ideas. Where are things headed now? Where, what are your goals? Where does EPA hope to take integrated planning in, in the future? Holistic long-term planning makes water infrastructure so much more effective and affordable for everyone. So the more integrated water resource management can become, the better. And we all recognize that there's still challenges and EPA will continue to develop informational resources to help municipalities get started with integrated planning. But we want more municipalities to experience firsthand the benefits of using integrated planning to achieve both Clean Water Act and community goals all at the same time. And of course, we can't do any of this without our partners. So we'll need to continue to work closely with all of our implementing partners. And the year 2020 happens to mark the 50th anniversary of the creation of EPA. And we're in the middle of our year-long anniversary celebration. And the focus this month happens to be partnership. And the future of integrated planning is really going to be about communities bringing all the partners to the table to effectively synchronize their community plans with their capital improvement plans and their Clean Water Act goals to help make more cost-effective investments. So is your community investing in more parks? Maybe that's the Parks and Recreation Department, which is separate from the Wastewater Department. How can these departments work together to reduce combined sewer overflows by building a park that serves as a recreation outlet for the community, but it also happens to manage stormwater with green infrastructure to reduce pollution? This can help save money by making one investment meet multiple needs. Or say, is your transportation department installing new bike lanes? How about working with them to install permeable pavement bike lanes that happen to also reduce stormwater pollution? And how about making sure it's synchronized to happen at the same time as that repaving project the city already had its eye on? We really see communities using the integrated planning process to help make working across silos with partners second nature. And that's the only way we're going to be able to use our limited resources to tackle what we all know are increasingly complex water quality issues while also simultaneously building great communities. So it's certainly going to be a challenge, mm. but integrated planning can be a really exciting opportunity for a community's future. Well, this is tremendously informative. I'm glad we got to connect. Uh, I'm glad that WEF can can uh, share some more information about integrated planning. It's definitely something that we support, um, and it's it's great to have this elevated to, to such a, a priority at EPA. And Jamie, thank you so much for the time. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me to talk about this new role for EPA today. I'm really excited to be able to build it out and work more closely with communities. And we, of course, we really appreciate working with WEF and your committee members on all of these important issues to us. So thank you again. Thank you. Words on water.